Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. I want to talk about something today. I want to talk about trusting God when life doesn't make sense. Have any of you ever experienced that? When life is just not lining up, it's almost like the promises are the promises are not manifesting in your situation. You're believing, you're standing on the Word of God, but you're not seeing it manifest and be released in your life. And you stood on the Word, you believed, but it's not yet come forth. And sometimes in the waiting, we can begin to uh, measure ourselves and compare ourselves with other people. Well, why, why is that happening with them, but not with me? Why are they getting a breakthrough and getting the answer, and I'm not? And I want to show you a little picture. And, you know, what is determined in this world as success is not naturally what uh, is going on in God's kingdom. Look at the little guy on the left. He's been in a real season of drought. He's been really believing big. He's been trusting in the Lord. He's been standing on the promises of God. But his little carrot on the surface just doesn't seem to be growing in his mind. This person has been building a palace, a wonderful palace on, on top of the surface, the grandeur and, and the excellence and its notice, and everybody sees, woo, that person is successful. But what you see on the surface is not always what's going on under the surface. This little guy got a big reward coming. If he can hang in there, hang in there because this thing's getting ready to come out. And sometimes we don't realize what God is doing in our lives when we're having to stand and trust him with the promises when they're just not manifesting when we want them. So do you want the big palace or do you want a big carrot? Do you want a big, you know, the greenery that looks really good and have this little tiny stubby? Or do you want a big carrot? You know, what God determines as success in his kingdom is not what is determined as success in this world. And a lot of times what's happening is that your roots are going deep in the soil when you've been in a drought. When you've been in a drought, you've been in a season, you're standing on the promises, Lord, where are the finances? Where are the finances? And, and, but your roots are going deep because they're looking for the water. And in that, we have to realize that we can't be comparing ourselves with each other, what the world says as success. But we have to realize that God looks upon the heart of man. He doesn't look on the outside. He's determining things on the, and really a lot of times 
in the in the waiting, in the trial, is when our character is being built. Character is being formed. Character is being shored up. Who you are as a person is being established. And you're not the same person that you were a year ago. You're becoming more like Jesus. You're being fashioned. You know, Abraham is a perfect example of one that was given an enormous promise. He was told that his seed would be more numerous than all the sand, all the stars. His seed, his his lineage, that, that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. But there was a little problem. His wife was not pregnant. And she wasn't pregnant just for a day. Or, or a year, but it was for years. He had to wait and wait. The external situation was not manifesting the promise. And so therefore, in the waiting, God was creating and doing something in his life. He was creating a massive carrot that would go deep and go deep and go deep. And that carrot that, that root system was going to bless all the nations of the earth. And it was going to sustain life. And the blessings of God were going to be able to be passed down through generations because of his faithfulness to believe what God said. David was another one who found himself in a clash with God's promises. The people were saying that, that, uh, that Saul had slain his thousand. And David, his 10,000. And he was being set up for great promise. And he was being set up as going to be a great king. He was anointed by Samuel. And then the next thing you find out is that Saul gets so jealous of him. He starts chasing him like a dog for over seven years from the cave to the wilderness. And he tried to destroy his life. He bitterly persecuted David. But God was developing a root system in David's life. It was going to be as big as that carrot. But it was hard. And having to trust the Lord that he would be the sweet psalmist of Israel was a hard thing when he had to... Ch- you know, I mean, I've been to the caves where he was, you know, hiding out in Israel. And the the cave um, there, uh, well, the Engadi, or whatever the, the stream of water is, the um, cave of Adullam. I mean, these caves are like massive caves, underworkings of, of tunnels going all about. But he had to live in those caves for years just to get out of Saul's way. But there's one thing that that we all got to remember is that your faith will be tested until the day you see Jesus. Your faith is going to be tested at every turn in life because he's purifying you. He's making you into gold. And so your faith is being tested on the inside And those experiences that we go through 
We're having to learn to trust him. Trust that he's faithful. Trust that he's going to come through for you. Trust that he's got great things in store for your life. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean upon your own understanding. But acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean. Do not try to figure it out. Do not try to make it better. Do not try to fix it. Do not try to figure out why is this happening? Trust with all of your, get out of this mindset that you can figure out God. So when you take matters, when you begin to take matters into your own hands, you're getting into an element of you being in control. You're having to control your life. You're having to control because you're also fearful. You're afraid. And you know, when you're afraid, you get the worst you. And in that, when you're afraid of what's going on, you try to somehow, it's almost like not a drowning victim, but you know, you're grabbing at things. Have you, if you've ever been around somebody that's going under, I mean, they're going to grab onto you. And, and you better hold on because they're going to go down unless you can swim real well. But they're going to grab it. But, but in that, when things are, it's almost like when things are out of control, we want to step in and control it. We want to do, we want to manage it. We want to make it more easy. You know, we can tend to be impulsive in situations. We can tend to almost be impetuous. I, there's one thing I've learned over the years. God is never in a hurry. But he's always on time. Go figure. Only God can do that. I just don't understand, you know? It's like you would think, you know, things would speed up, things would happen, but they happen just on the right time, just when you exactly need it. And it's like, how do you do that? I mean, just the other day. I mean, I, I, love the, I love the Carolinas, okay? I love the mountains. But the one thing I'm really challenged with is septic tanks. I don't know what it is. Every house I've been to in the mountains, I got septic tank problems. I mean, what is this? Now, don't get into prophetic, you know, well, that's something's happening. You know, I mean, that just... I, I, I don't understand, but, you know, we've had this issue of you know, the stuff coming to the surface and our neighbors are going, whoo, I got a little stinky smell here, don't we? So we've got to get our septic tank fixed. Well, you know, that's not a cheap thing. They got to dig everything up and they got to reline it and do all these things. And, you know, it's a pretty pricey, you know, <laughs> thing to fix. And, you know, the guy's coming this week, Tuesday. Work on the septic tank. Well, lo and behold, Saturday, uh, I got a direct deposit in my checking account from some business that I did months ago 
almost forgot about it. I knew I was going to get, you know, some uh, payment on it soon, but I didn't know when. And you never get a direct deposit on Saturdays. I never have. I don't know what it is. But lo and behold, on Saturday, I get a direct deposit at 2 a.m. in the morning to pay for the full septic tank. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, here, here's your money. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, but he was on time. I mean, there was a delay. It felt like, yeah, but he was on time to take care of my need. You know, and Eliza, I, I, I shared with her the other day. I said, you know what? Finances is a hard thing for a lot of people, and including myself, to trust the Lord in. Am I the only one? It is hard. Finances is hard at times. I would like to think I've arrived, but at times there's still refinement. So, so uh, what was I doing? Huh? Oh, yeah. So I was telling Eliza that, you know, in the 29 years that we've been married, we have never missed a bill. Now, it's been close, and it's been tight. And even when I lost my job and I got fired and we didn't have any income for six months, he faithfully provided for us every single month, time and time again. And, but I know that in the season of our life, he's proven himself to be faithful. And you have to go back and remember when God came through for you. Remember how he showed up for you. Remember how he took care of you. Because when you get into a new situation in life, you're having to say, okay, I got to remind myself, okay, he took care of me before, and he's a God that doesn't change. He's going to take care of me today, just like he did before. So I have to remind myself. We have to remind ourselves. But we need to remember God's not always um, in a hurry. And this is a good scripture to remember, Habakkuk 2.3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. You know, some of you have been called and given a great ministry and a calling on your life, and it's not yet manifested. The calling, the purposes, they're just not being revealed yet in your own personal life. But he says, though it delays, delays are trying our flesh, nevertheless, they are ordered by a loving father. This is the scripture. For the vision is yet for the appointed time, but at the end it will speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass in your life. So even though the delay is really trying your flesh, remember, it's producing a big old carrot under the surface, something that is going to last for a long time in your life. So I want to talk about several areas of areas that we have got, well, not God, but we are going to be faced in having to trust the Lord in. And the first one is trusting God with situations that are out of our control. 
I want us to look at 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 through 4. This is actually probably one of the lowest points in David's life as he was running from Saul. And it says, And David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him, and everyone was uh, in distress. Everyone who came to him. Now, think about this. This is the beginning of David's mighty men. This is the making of those men who one individual alone killed 800 people in battle. He went out in the field and said, bring it on. And he killed them. And that's a, that's, that's a dude right there. Come on. I mean, that muscles are out here, I'm sure, but I don't know. This is the making of, my, of David's mighty men. Everyone who was distressed, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. He's like, what is up with this? So he became the captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Then David went from there to Mizpah and Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and mother come here with you. Listen to this. Underline this. Till I know what God will do for me. There are times when we cannot figure out what God is doing, but as we wait for him, we will begin to see what God is doing for you in this situation, how he's going to prove himself trustworthy. I don't know what he's doing right now, but he's up to something. And I'm going to learn to trust him with all of my heart. But this is the point in which we come to many times when we have to determine, are we in charge or is God in charge? Are we going to let him determine what he wants to do or are we going to try to step in and fix it? The issue with trusting the Lord is are you going to be in control or is God going to be in control? And control a lot of times is birth out of fear. We are fearing the situation. And it's hard to imagine how God is going to work it all out for our good. It's, it's an issue of this. When you're in situations, you're gonna are you going to grab on and hold on and try to wrestle it down to the ground and fix it? Or are you going to release your hand, the whole issue to the Lord? I cannot figure this out. I'm going to trust you, Lord. And you're just going to release your hands, and you're going to say, Lord, you take it. I can't figure this out. I'm going to trust your word. It says you work together everything for good. Everything for good. The, those that are called according to his purposes. So in the releasing, it's actually freeing. It's actually freeing you up to not be so bound up, so tight, so irritable. No one wants to be around you. You're actually becoming enjoyable because you're letting go. Say, Lord, I, I can't fix it. I, I'm going to trust you. 
I'm going to trust you to take care of this issue right now in my life. So hold out your hands. Hold out your hands. And just all of a sudden, just imagine one thing that you're going through right now. Just one thing. It might be the finances aren't there. The car's broken down. Uh, there's a leak in the roof. There's a difficulty with the boss, with a friend. Whatever the situation might be, I want you just all of a sudden open up your hands and in faith, as an act of trusting the Lord, you're going to open your hands and you're going to say, I give it to you and I trust you. I give it to you and I trust you. It's in the releasing is the healing. Second Samuel 22, verse 1 through 3. I then, David, spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies. When the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, and he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust. Listen, David was chased from cave to cave, wilderness to wilderness, in fear of his life. But through it all, he looked back and he said, you are the one that delivered me from my enemy, from Saul. You are my strength, you are my shield, you are my fortress, you are the one that I trust. I trust you. You did not let me be placed into the hands of Saul in which my life was cut short. 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven, and he is a shield to all who trust in him. He's a shield to you. When you begin to exercise trust in the Lord in a situation, it's like God Almighty just wraps you in his arms, his wings, comes around you, and he's a shield around you. And he's able to help you in that situation. Trust actually releases God to be the infinite, loving, all-powerful Father in your life. When you trust, it releases Him to do what He does best, and that's take care of you, to rescue you, to heal you, to deliver you. When you trust Him, it's like, that's my boy. That's my girl. And He's able to come around you when you're able to trust Him with some of the most difficult things. But Breakthrough, you are on the verge of breakthrough in your life when you totally release a situation to the Lord and you trust Him with the outcome. That is when you are on the verge of a breakthrough is when you can fully release a situation into His hands and that's when He can bring about the victory and the outcome and manifest the promise in your life. So we need to stop trying to figure it out. We just need to surrender. 
You just need to surrender. Just say, Lord, I surrender all. I, I surrender this whole thing to you. I can't figure it out. I mean, I can't fix a septic tank. I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm not going to get out there with a shovel and try to fix it. I got to trust that he can bring a guy that can fix it, and then God can pay him. I can't do it. So in that, you surrender the whole thing. But learning to trust him is to reflect upon him, to reflect and meditate upon his goodness in your life. Has God taken care of everyone in this house? Has he watched over you even though it has been hard? Has he taken care of you? Has he provided for you? Has he supernaturally paid off $40,000 hospital bills? I mean, come on. Has he started a ministry downtown called Alba's House that was birthed out of nothing and now God is reaching hundreds of women and little babies and restoring lives? Did he do a miracle? He's done it time and time and time again. So why is it when we get into a new situation, we forget? We forget what he's done for us. Our God never changes. He's a loving father. And I declare to you today, he is all powerful and he can move at any moment and any time and can reverse your situation. A lot of times though, what's depending on your breakthrough is you, is releasing it and trusting him. Father, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. My eyes are fixed in on you, and I thank you for coming through for me. God showed himself trustworthy with David. He will show himself trustworthy to you. You know, he does it for people in the Bible as pictures to remind us that they're just not favored people that God did it for David and God did it for Abraham. This It's in the Bible for you so that you'll say, well, well, God, you know, the testimony, what does testimony mean in the Old Testament? God, do it again, right? It means God, do it again. So God, you did it for David and you're a God that doesn't change. Do it for me. You did it for Abraham. You did it for, do it for me. Begin to declare over yourself that God is going to come through. The other aspect I want to talk about is trusting God with people. And it starts with this. It starts with you first being able to forgive people. You're not trusting people. You're trusting God with people with your heart. And what frees you up is realizing that you're going to need to forgive that person for how they've hurt you. And you're going to need to choose in your mind as the Lord releases healing into your heart, it's going to begin to free you up to begin to be able to keep your heart open. Because what happens in life is when we go through situations where we get hurt by people, by what they say or how they treated us or whatever the situation might be, we shut down our hearts and we say, I've been there, done that. I am not going to do this again. And you actually 
are doing that because you are in self-preservation, but there really isn't the full manifestation of a heart that is forgiving that person. And I'm not saying when you forgive somebody, you open up your heart, say, okay, come on, just do it again. Hurt me again. You know, I'm free. No, I'm not saying just go back and get hurt again. You have to use wisdom and discernment with that person. The person hurt you. I mean, okay, let them go on. But the reality is, is that you forgive that person. It frees you up. You receive healing. And now you're able to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my heart wide open with people. I am not going to go around life shut down because when you're shut down, there's no flow of life in you. You can't receive uh, love and it's hard to even give love. But Matthew 6, 14 says this, for if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. We have to forgive. Forgive is the way of the cross. Forgiveness is not uh, negotiable. I don't care what somebody's done to you, how badly they hurt you, you have to forgive. And it frees you up to be able to, to trust the Lord with your heart as you open it up once again, even with other people. And also, too, training, I mean, trusting the Lord with your children. I, that's one of the hardest areas for me. Having to trust the Lord with the well-being of my children. And but the scripture has a promise. Proverbs 22, 6 says this: train up a child in the way he should go. And that scripture really means in the way that they're wired, they're bent, they're they're um, gifted. You raise up a child in the way that they are bent towards and gifted. And it says, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, I got really good news. You can stand on this word and we can trust the Lord that some of you whose children are not right with the Lord have actually rebelled and ran away from the Lord. We're going to trust the Lord that God's word says they will not depart when they grow old. There's going to be a wonderful testimony in the end. There's going to be a wonderful party, a celebration when they come running home and declaring, my God lives. So in that, we just got to trust the Lord that God is working everything together for good for our children. He's taking care of them as they're trying to find their lives. So next is trusting God with provision. Matthew 6.25 says this, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food? Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing. Trusting the Lord with your finances is something that is, I, I think that many of us are, are being refined in a lot of times. We go from one situation to another, something broke or something's, you know, uh, there's nothing there to even provide for a situation. But trusting the Lord with our finances is, once we get to the point where we can say, you know what, you really do own the cattle on a thousand hills. And anytime I need a little uh, little, little uh, heifer, cattle or whatever, cow, 
you can send one my way and take care of me. And, you know, just so you know, I mean, this, this season, you know, has been lean for us. You know, Eliza and I, finances have been lean. So I haven't received a salary for two months. So am I worried? No. I am trusting the Lord with all of my heart. And he is providing for my every need according to his riches and glory. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. It's just a lean season. I'm trusting that the abundance is coming. The people are coming and things are going to turn. But in this season, I'm having to just say, Lord, <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> I mean, would, would any of you be challenged if you hadn't been paid for two months? Okay. We're going to trust him. He can supply it at any moment, in any way, at any time. And I'm thankful. He's faithful. And he will never let me down. And he'll always take care of us. So I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to grow faint. I'm going to rise up. And I'm going to believe that there's a big old carrot being made under the soil in my life for this season. So, amen. The other one is that as we're having to trust God uh, with healing. You know, we have some people here. We're having to trust the Lord for healing. Now, I want to just say this. I, I, I wish every healing was instant. Some of them are. A lot of them are. I love hearing the stories and testimonies that Dan has given. Instant healings are happening. And there are some situations where there's a delay. I don't understand. And I'm not going to try to figure out God. But he's true to his word. Every time you ask for healing, you're being healed. It's manifesting in your life, whether you might see it or not. Something is happening. There's an exchange in heaven, and the healing is coming. It's being released. It is done. So sometimes when the Lord is bringing healing into our lives, it could be that he's healing us a way that we're not even thinking. Like, for instance, Naaman, 2 Kings chapter 2. He was a great warrior, just an incredible warrior. He was captain of the army. He was respected, but he was a leper. He was a leper. And Elisha finds out about this man and, and he invites him to come to his house to be healed. So what does Elisha, Elisha do? He sends out his messenger. His servant goes out and tells him, hey, Naaman, Elisha, I want you to go and jump in the Jordan seven times, seven times in the Jordan, and you'll be healed. Naaman is furious. He is so upset. He's like, I thought Elisha would at least would come out and Wave his hands and say, in the name of the Lord, be healed. But he didn't. He says, the water in Syria, the streams there, it's beautiful water. Jordan is like a septic tank. And he's like, you want me to go dip myself in there seven times? He had an expectation that the Lord was going to heal him a certain way. But God was going to heal him another way. 
Well, eventually, Naaman's servants said, hey, you know what? You know, maybe this guy's like speaking truth. You might want to consider, you know, you, you are a leper. And if this is your only chance, you might as well just go dip yourself in the Jordan. It's like, okay. So he goes in the Jordan and he dips himself in the water seven times and he comes up healed. What if the healing that the Lord wants to do in your life is going to first start with you eating nutritionally or thinking about how you're taking care of your body? What if he wants you to start working out? Ever thought about that? I mean, it's not like I'm like I'm not getting real excited about it, but you know, what if he if if you wanted to, you know, heal your back? What if he said, Well, lose some weight? I mean, we gotta realize God's ways are not our ways. And sometimes the healing is gonna come in a way that we might not always think. It's not gonna be Dan, in the name of the Lord, be healed. And it happens although it happens a lot. But it might not happen all the time like that. What if the Lord has another way? you got to be open to the infinite wisdom of Almighty God in your life, that His healing in your life might not come down the way that you think. But i got good news. He heals every time. Every time you call upon the name of the Lord, you are healed. I, I have my brother, Dr. Boswell, who actually was very, very, uh, very kind to my son, Matthew, on the phone because it was hard to hear, I'm going to have surgery and, you know, I was just being Michael Jordan and, you know, what's going on now, you know? And so in that, you know, Dr. Boswell says this many times, because, you know, doctors, you know, a lot of times they're just trying to figure out their practice. They're trying to figure out medicine. And it's like, well, great, I'm a guinea penny, well, whatever. It's just, the reality is is that doctors a lot of times are exercising their practice. But he said, Sam, I really want you to understand something. Doctors practice, but Jesus heals. And I said, that is so true. I mean, that's coming from a doctor. He's saying, Jesus heals. Now, does God use doctors? Yes. Can God use other means? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's Jesus, the great physician. He's the one healing. No one else, no medicine, it's Jesus. And Him alone. So I want to declare to you, many of you, that breakthrough will come in your life when you totally trust the Lord with the outcome. That you don't have an expectation on how the outcome is going to manifest. You're just going to believe the promise and you're going to totally release it to the Lord and you're going to trust Him with the outcome. You're going to trust Him and how He is going to work it all together for good. Yes.
We're just gonna let her preach. Is, and this comes from the prophet Nahum. I stumbled on it one time, and this is what he says. God is good. He's a refuge in time of trouble, and he knows those who trust him. And that's the key. You don't play games with God. I mean, he knows when you are trusting him. And a lot of times it means you don't do anything until he tells you to move. And that's the hard part that you've been talking about, waiting, you know. So I just, I really need to pass that on. So Amen. forgive me for interrupting Amen. you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That is truth. He knows those who trust him. And he knows those that are struggling with him. And he knows that we all are weak and all need him. You know, God has set this whole thing up till the day we see him. He's creating things in such a way that you are dependent on him until you see him face to face. The moment you become self-sufficient and think that you have it all together, that you have arrived and you can do all the things to take care of your problems is the very moment you need to be very careful. God is creating the environment around your life that you continually need to call upon his name and trust him with all of your heart. And those that know him, he knows who you are. So amen. Well, Joe Jane, that was wonderful. Let's all stand is we're going to trust the Lord and we're going to release all need to be in control and we are not going to enter into fear because of certain situations. But I want you to repeat this. I want you just to allow this verse. I know some of you guys memorized this when you were young, but I want us just to say this out loud really slowly and I want you to allow it to meditate in just to saturate your heart and begin to form within you the very basis of your ability to trust him. So I want you to uh, read with me out loud Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Almost say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean upon your own understanding but acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will make your path straight. Amen. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you that you are making our paths straight. And I thank you, Lord, that our lives are like the highway to heaven. We're going upward. And Lord, this day we choose to lift up our heads and to gaze into you, and to trust you with all of our hearts, and not looking at the circumstances, not trying to figure things out, we're going to trust you with all of our hearts, because we're not in control, you're in charge. So Lord, we thank you, and we praise you for all that you're going to do in and through our lives, and we thank you 
It's a big fat carrot waiting for all of us as we hold on because in Christ, we are a success in you. And I thank you and I praise you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in each and everyone's life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.